Hello, and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And you know what? We thought that, you know, it's been a long time since we just did the straight up kind of casual kickback, not going in just two seconds into being like, hey, we're going to review this DC thing or this video game or something like that and just be like, you know, just back in the old days. Because, you know, I felt like when we started out podcasting, the thing that was kind of like what you were sort of looking towards was Smodcast was there. And the whole thing about Smodcast was just two friends sitting down, talking, having a good old time, and then stories and whatnot just kind of happened from it. Yeah, like, no one gives a shit about that. we got to find something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we need a topic. You know what I mean? The, the casual ones are hard to sell. Well, it was kind of weird. It was like, I think we built in, I mean, I'll be honest, our show has never, ever really been that consistent. It's always changed format and moved around. I mean, it's been around for 10 years by now, which feels weird. So, so it goes to show if you change it up and you're not stuck to one format, you uh, have longevity. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to call it that, <laughs> it's, like, it, it's it's more like, um, you know, because there was that phase where we'd go in and like we'd have a set topic. Then we just kind of like bullshit about whatever. And then we would kind of go back to set topics or like this is a special guest episode or something now it's just like i don't know i we both didn't really come in a real like what do we have to want to talk about this week like i got nothing i got nothing too maybe bullet train for a minute beyond that yeah <laughs> well that's why i kind of liked it i remember you mentioned it last week and um that d or the the green lantern movie came out so it was like that kind of took it up but you're like no we haven't done a casual episode in like forever we should do one like that and i'm like you know what that sounds kind of good you know Cause sometimes it's one of those ones. Like, I mean, you know, talking reviews and everything like that. That that's all fun and dandy, and I got no problem there. But sometimes you never know. You know, we just want to get some conversation going, just you know, some chat. Yeah. Well, there's also a period in time, and people are going to be like new listeners, be like, I don't know you guys. I don't fucking know. I came. I watch <laughs> you guys to listen to. Do you hear talk about Batman or Sonic or whatever? But um, if we still have any of the old listeners left. There was a point where I found myself kind of actually going out into the world, almost like, well, this, if anything, this will give me something to talk about in the podcast. Let me go hang out with my, let me go hang out with a gay friend at a gay bar and watch him do coke in a bathroom stall. That will give me <laughs> something to talk about next week on the show. And then, like, hey, there's a dark alleyway that way. You know, really, I shouldn't go down it, but you never know. Podcast wise, there might be a story there. Exactly. Well, let's let's roll those dice. <laughs> let's see if those get us some views. Did it get stabbed? Got a story, kinda. You know. Yeah, but, I felt like um, that was the thing: is the seeking out of stories and so on. And that also went for like when writing stuff too. I felt like you had to go out on adventures and make sure you find stories because you never know what you're going to find. You never know what, you know where you're going to be at and something cool is going to happen or something terrible, but it's going to be a good story. <laughs> Well, it is one of those things, like, I'm not being like, take it from the older man. It feels weird because we started this show, it's been 10 years, and I, I was 25 when we first started the show. I'm 35 now, and that fucking feels weird saying that. And it, it, you could you could hear, like, I don't want to be all, like, me, 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 but, I mean, you can hear, like, a 25-year-old Ryan who was still getting over a girl that just broke up with him. Be like, man... Which to pull, I wasn't bitching about it, but that energy is there. I think it's very you have that borderline quasi incel energy, like, oh man, fucking girls, what's your point? Like, I'm not sure. I never said anything like that. I don't think. At least I don't hope. I don't really go that far back. To this. I, I kind of cringe when I look back at anything. I cringe at episodes from like 50 episodes back. Like, did I really fucking say that? <laughs> But, uh, but you, now, you sometimes cringe from an episode like two weeks back. You'd be like, God, I, I, I said something, but like an idiot. 
I I do. I'm I'm one of those people who just like my like just overthinks every little thing. But God, I'm not sure if I dare go back to the single digit episodes, but or double digit episodes. But um, um, fuck, what's gonna say? Um, right. But now it's kind of weird because it's been a whole ten years, and now it's like, oh wow, married and leaving the country. So yeah. it, it is this kind of, and I don't really. I mean that's that's a big thing and that's cool and i'm looking forward to it but at the same time like what did i do this week well i went to work finishing up my last few weeks of work and i'm packing so yeah. I bullet train uh <laughs> watched lightyear on disney plus walked my dog a lot and um played street fighter uh yeah what else can i say but there, there is something kind of like when you do get older, it feels like you kind of get stuck in the groove of, you know, the work in and then I guess whatever you watch or see or do or something like that. This one sounds kind of weird. Like in about the last six months, this almost makes it feel like it's in a weird way. But um, I've just been in this like ultra fantasy mood. And it sounds like a weird one because I've never always been like the biggest fan of sports. I'm not saying I don't enjoy, you know, a casual fantasy here and there, but I've always been like, happy to be like, well, you know, I prefer kind of sci-fi over fantasy or something like that. But it was like like six months ago or whatever when that Diablo 2 remaster came out. I don't know what it is. That like set me into this like ultra like fantasy thing where it's just like next thing you know i'm watching all these like swords and sandals movies and it's like if i see a cover of a video game where it's like it's got a bunch of like knights and mages i'm like well that looks kind of interesting i should check that out and see what that's all about now and i started thinking it's like when you get really really obsessed with fantasy all of a sudden like kind of a little bit later in life is that like partially like a midlife crisis thing where you're like you know what I, I need to go into a realm that doesn't make any sense in a sense but you know it's completely different from the world i'm in now where i can go into this world and I got power, and I got the team. You know what? We're leveling up, and we're taking on monsters and so on like that. Like that's what it's like. Source makes me feel like I'm like, is this what it is? Is this that there's like a breaking point? Some people get a GTO, you get a wizard hat. <laughs> that, that's almost what I sort of feel like. It's like because I've literally been like just playing like the living daylights out of fantasy video games and watching fantasy stuff and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's just weird because it's like once I'm not saying I never like disliked it but once again it just never it's not something i ever gravitated towards and even like i remember i was like watching like just a little bit of like you know sci-fi and the first thing i started thinking about was like you know what the sci-fi is great and all but i, I really could use some uh more fancy right now let's put a hold i was getting really into pirates for a second and then it's like you know what uh here's this old capcom game i had called Dra uh dragon's dogma and uh i think i'm gonna jump into that instead because that thing's actually got a really cool fantasy world in it just one of those lost games Fantasy games, I think, are always easier to jump into because they're more interactive. It's a little harder mm -hmm. for me to get into a fantasy story. I mean, let me, I guess I got to clarify. Modern day fantasy or kind of like an Elseworldy kind of fantasy thing I can get behind, but I have trouble, or even like modern fantasy or portal fantasy, but I have trouble kind of getting into like medieval shit just because. Mm -hmm. Unless it's Zelda, but by this point, Zelda is so much its own thing. It, it does. It, it's fantasy, but doesn't feel as medieval. It just feels like this other world. Yeah. And um, I mean, they got they got robots and shit in it, you know, and um, their own races and species and all that. And it's kind of like I guess I have trouble getting into medieval stuff for two reasons. One, I mean, granted, I know I love westerns, but I don't really want to live back in that time. But I have trouble getting to fantasy because I have trouble thinking like, well, this is a time when everyone just shit in a hole. And like, you know, like everyone I mean, like. I mean, technically, technically in the Westerns, that's practically what you did, too, unless you were rich. Well, you had a box. You had a box. And, it, and <laughs> a that hole. box was a 
So there you go. <laughs> or he went out in the woods and did it. It was like man time, you know, it was just like, you know, like the, the most well-off person in the medieval age got to wipe their ass with hay. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of the thing, you know, but I mean, don't be wrong. I'm wrong. I know there's good fantasy movies. There's good fantasy stories, things I like, and there's even medieval movies I like and all that, I guess. And also, um, I said this on the show, but this goes ways back, but Renaissance fairs. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that kind of ifs me away from fantasy because there was this thing. And now, now you can kind of get it anywhere. And now it was also such a dorky fucking habit in hindsight. But when I was younger, like a lot, like in like, you know, just high school, fresh out of high school, I actually like to fucking collect swords, which is one of the dorkiest fucking th- I think it's a red flag you know for a lot of people. There, there's nothing wrong with collecting swords. I think swords are cool. It's literally like collecting guns, but. You know, instead they're stabby instead of shooty. Yeah, but I mean, what was I at the time? I was thinking like, we're gonna film a movie with this, you know? And like, how many did we actually? We had our two or three we used for movies, and then it was always kind of like a Tarantino slash anime ripoff we filmed out in the woods somewhere. And then like, um, I I don't know, I don't know, I, I I don't think I needed as many as I had. And granted, eventually my house got robbed and they all got stolen, but. I don't think I like one or two. And you're like, you cool. damn swords. Well, you're supposed to protect the house when I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> the guy at the gun store sold me. I was a moron for buying the swords instead of getting the gun. And now look at me. Now look at me. <laughs> that guy in the Bush Cheney shirt was right. <laughs> um, you know, but like, well, I think it's like anything, you know, when you get when you get into something, you start collecting a whole lot. of it. I know of myself, like once I get into a mode, like I start doing the thing where I overbuy. That's like the best way to kind of describe it. Like, let's just say I get into a video game series and I go, man, this this game is great. I don't just buy like the next like the next one or something like a logical person does. No, I buy like the next series of them. Like, so I'm like, well, you know what? There's only 10 of the games. I might as well just get the full set. Right. And then you end up only playing like two more of them and then you just never get around the rest of them. I'm just going to buy them because I know I'm going to get them eventually. Eventually. So yeah, I might as well just get them all now kind of thing. Yeah, so. you, make, you make the logical, you know, rationalization that like, hey, this is how it's going to work, this thing like that. I felt like that's what it is with a sword. You buy one sword, and you're like, man, this sword's pretty cool. And the next thing you know, you got two or three swords. And then and then you're just walking by, and you're like, that sword looks pretty cool. I'll take that one, too. I, I don't have a broadsword now. I guess i got to add that to the collection, you know. There was this thing. Like, I got a lot of katanas. I don't prefer broadswords, but that broadsword looks pretty cool. Let's get this. Is a weird broadsword katana hybrid. All right, let's see. There's an eyeball at the end. Okay, cool. You know, but um, it became this thing of like, how do I put it? Um, I think it was sort of this like, that's a sword. You got to be an adult to buy that. And then you're like, you guys, one day, like, hey, you got to be 18 years old, buddy. Well, fun fact, there's an episode of South Park, uh, Fun Times with Weapons, where they're like, our parents died. I didn't do that, but I was 16. And this is one of the reasons, Renaissance fairs. You know, there's not a whole lot going on in town. Like, well, the Renaissance fairs in town just pay 15 bucks to get in and just browse around, maybe look at a belly dancer or two, fucking get some swords, get some, like, mutton, get the fuck out, you know? (laughs) And then, like, somebody get joust. Yeah, do that, you know? And then, like, you know, 15, 16, whatever, you know. And then, like, you get in there and you're like, God, that sword is so cool. That's a replica of Blade Sword. It's not going to have the little ching thing that comes out the hilt, but it's still pretty fucking awesome. And then you're just like, 
hey man, just I'm just gonna roll the dice to see what happens. You know, I'm just like, hey man, um, can I, can I buy that? Can I get that sword right there? Like, yeah, sure. Uh, can I see your license? Like, yeah, sure. I'm reaching for my license. It isn't there. Like, oh, shit. You know what, man? I left it back in my car. I'm like 16. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know those guys are like. Here's the thing. You know what? The kid's got 50 bucks in his pocket. Like, if I don't sell it to him. That's 50 bucks I'm not getting. Literally, this is Renaissance Fair is only lasting two days. You know what I mean? I, I, I got bills to pay. This booth probably cost me like 100 bucks or something like that, maybe more. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel for those guys. You know, I'm the, I'm the kind of person that I feel that like there should never be an age range of charges up. I mean, maybe if it's like cigarettes or alcohol, that's different. But beyond that, like, damn it, kids need swords. They need R-rated movies and they need mature rated video games. That's the world that I believe in. And then I just come home like, hey, mom. So like, I already said, like, I already kind of like had like a few pocket knives. I'm like, it's like a pocket knife, but bigger. And it's just going to go right here on this shelf. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I already had it. You're like pushing stuff up the mantle of all like the family photos. <laughs> <laughs> this shelf right here in the living room mom i want everybody that walks in to know that we are a sword carrying family i'm gonna put it right on top of the tv like david carrying and kill bill (laughs) yeah exactly one of those things there and so on like that you know which i do i'll say i do i do uh miss i did see at those stands they wouldn't just be medieval shit it would just be whatever you could find and there was a hitori hanzo sword there bill sword and I was mm-hmm. like, I wish I bought that. That's the one I do wish I bought before I before I uh, stopped buying them all together. I, I think I got they got stole, stolen, and that's where I'm like, and, it, and, and that that just broke the the cycle and everything like that. Yeah, not pushing that which rock one, back up the hill. Which one of those ones? Like every once in a while, like you know, you'll go to like a comic con or something like that, and they'll have like some cool replicas of certain swords, like. I remember one time one of the Comic Cons they had like uh, the Gunblade from Final Fantasy VIII Squall Sword and so on like that. I'm like, that's kind of cool. You don't just see that every day. And I think it was probably like a hundred and I don't know somewhere between 120 to maybe 160 bucks. Like just enough where you're like, you know, let's be honest, it's cool. If I if I just have money to blow, I would totally get it because I don't care. But you know, it's like one of those ones like, hmm, yeah, cool, but what do you really get to? I mean, unless you're going to go out and fight monsters, I sometimes always kind of get that feeling. Like, if it doesn't have a practical use sometimes, you know. I, I say that as a guy who's got a bunch of, like, stuffed animals and axe behind him. <laughs> but still. Well, it's also something to the effect of, like, um, <coughs> I don't know. I'm just, well, first off, good luck getting, have me good luck getting that shit through customs or whatever. On top of that, at the exact same time, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, if I, every so often, I do get that itch to get a camera and, and film something. But if I am going to film something, it's probably not going to be a, a Kung Fu movie or mm-hmm. like a, or a horror movie or, or a crime film, like something we would have done back in high school or early college. It would probably just be a very talky picture, you know, like, like a like easiest thing to possibly do. <laughs> so yeah. the idea of like, you know, like, okay, so we're all in our thirties now. I brought some swords with us. We're going to go out into the woods and choreograph this fight. Like I can't kick like I used to. I can't even run like I fucking used to. So yeah, no, who who, who am I kidding? You know? Yeah. One of those ones. I don't know. It's one of those ones for me. I technically, I guess I've, I've never been, I've never owned a sword to tell you the truth. I don't think I've ever had a sword. Sounds kind of weird. I thought you had one somewhere in there, like behind the turbo man or some shit. No, you know, I don't think so. I, 
I mean, like, I've had a plastic sword. I've had lightsabers. But I've never had a sword sword, you know? It's kind of weird. I, I don't know how like, I've gone through this far in life and not had a sword. I feel like there's how many movies we filmed fighting swords? I guess, I guess it was always me or, or, or someone else who had them, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess that that's also, I mean, this could lead into your um, your fantasy midlife crisis. If my my fantasy lifestyle, you know what I mean? As I said, it's, it's a weird obsession that I've had. Like, I have not, like, mostly time I, if I mostly go into, like, a, a groove or a mode or something like that. I mostly could be in it from anywhere from like a month, three months. You know what I mean? Like maybe I get to the survival horror phase and, you know, for about the next two months, I'm playing living daylights. I have like a bunch of games in a row, maybe watching some horror movies and so on. But this one's been, as I said, this one's been going on for a long time. Cause I think I picked up that Diablo. It's probably longer than six months by now. Cause I want to say I picked up that Diablo in like November or something like that or December, whenever the heck it came out. So the thing is, is going through just so many of these kind of games and just all this stuff. It's just a weird one. Maybe, maybe it's also like, Sort of like because I haven't been like super like deep into a lot of those ones like that, and there's things I kind of bypass that it's almost something new and kind of refreshing because sometimes there's that kind of thing. It's like when you discover a new sort of subgenre of music, and next thing you know, you start really going through all these kind of bands that you're like, you're like, oh, you know what? I kind of know of these bands, but I never really got deep into them, and now I'm going to listen to Living Daylights album. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I can, don't have a whole lot of fantasy stuff to go off of. And, and to, to bring it back to fantasy and Renaissance fairs, the other thing is because mm. you, you go there because that's like, well, that's going to sell swords. That's where you get swords in town. Is yeah, the Renaissance right. fair. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> and then, but then there is also, because I have a friend who, um, who we, we both have a friend who is more into fantasy stuff and all that. And he, he wanted he, to, he makes videos of big swords now. That, that's yeah. his thing. He has a berserk he makes sword. He other stuff too. Yeah, yeah, he he murders a lot of fruit on screen. He's trying. He's doing some guts training. But anyway, he um he was looking into um to go into like do um to join like one of those guilds because he bought some armor and he wanted to just mm-hmm. do some sword fighting, some knights in armor shit out there. And he's like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's go. Let, let's go look into this. And the other friends we were with backed out. Was like, we'll go to the gates of the hell together. We'll see where this goes. You know. And we go there, and then we're talking like you know, like, hello, hello, young, hello, young squires, this way, and we will inform you all about our about our tribe, you know. And basically, there's this whole like they're still talking the way they are, like, may I offer you some refreshments, and like, no, no sense of if he did, he did a good job hiding it. No sense of satire, no sense of humor. Just like, mm-hmm. my lords, may I offer you some refreshments? And it was just like you know, there's like you know, bowls of like cheese. It's fucking nella wafers and then like okay grapes they had grapes then you know <laughs> then like, yeah. and then like and then like a pitcher of coca-cola and then like and then like like so then these, they serve these at medieval times exactly <laughs> so these these strapping young men right here are interested in possibly joining our ranks you know like what well like, he's like look i just kind of want to wear some armor and get into some fights oh you may do that one day but there's there's things you must work first. First, you must work your way up the ladder. We have different ranks. There are those who prepare the prepare the uh, you know they had like fake pistols and shit. Like there are those who prepare the the pistols. There are those who maintain this like squire boy and like some like guy on our age. Yes, me lord pops up like fetch me my scrolls. Oh my lord and runs away like <laughs> does a little goblin run like around the corner <laughs> like like. Yeah, you know, you take enough shit in life, and I imagine that kid, if he's in, like, <laughs> that kid, I mean, he was around our age, he's got to take a lot of shit in, like, in like high school 
It's like, dude, you're in the fucking medieval time bullshit. Like, fuck you. It's gonna be, it's gonna pay off one day. And I mean, oh, I'll get your scrolls right away. You know, I'm like, like you take enough shit in real life. Do you really want to pretend to take shit? And then maybe in two from or three a guy years, who's probably nerdier than you. To think about it, the guy, the guy who was telling him to get his shit was a guy like in his sixties. So it yeah. was like, which he, he's probably the guy who started this group. But it's one of those things where it was like, it was like, how do I put it? It was like. He's like he couldn't just every he tried out two different clubs at talking to him and you just kind of put in the armor and go like fight some guys. You yeah. basically had to go work their your, their way up their hierarchy and prove yourself to be that. I'm like, oh, how about one of you guys do a push up right now? <laughs> you know? so, yeah, exactly. It's like one of those ones, too. It's also it's like, dude, seriously, like, are, are you going to pay me to do this? Like, it's not a work ladder. You know what I mean? Just like. Hey, I got the armor. I just want to go fight somebody. She'd just be like, "I sign up for a tournament and I go out there and do it." I just yeah. like the I, I like the idea that the just popped in my head that the squire who was running around gritting scrolls and shit and little little blonde boy basically looked kind of like looked like um, Arthur from the Sword in the Stone Disney movie. Um, oh but, yeah, yeah, but sixteen or whatever. Um, I imagine I like to imagine that in high school that guy's the fucking job he's getting pussy left and right like yeah fuck yeah man just what you see i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go to these this fucking nerd club and i'm gonna get to fuck i'm gonna be in a fucking i'm gonna be a fucking night man i'm gonna slay like a fake dragon i'm gonna get in a fucking sword fight just wait and fucking see and he gets there he's like oh i gotta work my way up this shit jesus christ you know (laughs) and then he just and then like maybe he was like you know what? I like taking shit. I'm the, I'm calling shit all the time back in. I'm saying I'm, I'm saying the way it goes back at school, but in here, I don't know. I like being stepped on. I like being spit on. <laughs> it's like he finds his place and so on, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's, he feels too much control, too much power, so it feels good to have that taken away from him. Maybe I don't know. Get one of those. Ones. It's like it's like a breakdown of it. Let's be honest. The people that probably get the jobs in medieval times are probably like ex athletes of something. It's not like they they've worked there like you know, rolling their dice up to the top there. Well, there is this thing about medieval times. Cause we went to, um, to bring it back to keep it on medieval shit and fantasy shit. We went to, um, well, for my, um, senior, senior night or grad night, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. we went to, we all, you know, the whole school went to Los Angeles and went to medieval times before going to Disneyland for a night. And, um, there was this thing like, okay, we'll go to medieval times, whatever. And they, and, you know, they put you on, like, there's, like, four different corners, and we were the Red Knight or whatever. And, like, when we were there, there was this thing we are watching. And, like, I, I'm not sure if it, who how it works. Like, whoever cheers the most wins. I'm not sure how it all works, how they decide. Yeah, I, I feel like, is it predetermined? What's going on there? Because I went there, too, for, like, a band trip, like, in high school or whatever. It was, like, one of the things we did. And, and there was this thing, watching the choreography was pretty good. And like, you're like, yeah, cool, Red Knight, whatever, whatever. But then you get to the point, like, fuck the Green Knight! You just kind of like, you just get that rally, you just rally around, like, fuck you! To the other side. Like, it was like a, like a Raiders game back in like the early 2000s, you know? Like, it was just like, I, 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 like it was just one of those things where, and by the end, you're just like, okay, medieval times, whatever. And by the end, like nobody, people who didn't even give a shit about this, because our guy ended up winning, and he comes out like, <laughs> we're late in this shit. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like one of those ones, like, you just feel like it's one of those ones you just get way super into it. But, like, it's almost like, I remember that was, like, so much fun and so on like that, too. Like, and I really have always wanted to kind of go back to that. But, like, it costs, like, almost, like, 100 bucks to go there. It's like, Jesus, the school must have got a fat discount on that thing or something like that. Or, yeah, you bring in 90 kids, I guess. You probably can. But it's, like, one of those ones is, like, yeah, it's, like, two people to go there's almost $200. You know, like, it's cool. I don't know if it's that cool, you know. But, like, it was super fun. Like, if it was, like, 25 bucks, I would so go there every single time I went to Los Angeles just because it, it is really fun. You just watch people. It's, like, to me, it's, like, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, it might be predetermined, but that's okay. I don't mind that. I like wrestling, so it's okay. It's kind of like wrestling. But was, it really it is. is. <laughs> it, it, it's literally like medieval wrestling. I can understand. You know, now that you put in the – because I was never into wrestling. But you know what? If you went in with your team or your guy and then you happen to be there, I bet anybody can get caught up in it. Like, Stone Cold, fuck yeah! You know, just like, you know, chair, chair! Well, that's the thing about wrestling is it's like it's like the references I know. Sorry, (laughs) it's one of those ones. It's like what I think I like best because I like the storytelling aspect. That's that's why I think I just never could get into the regular sports stuff because you got to give me a little bit of story to wrap it around and so on. Like if 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 maybe football and all that stuff had like some backstage like stories going on and somebody was like slamming another guy through like a Gatorade bin and whatnot and you know (laughs) next thing one of the players gets so pissed that he runs all the way up the top and starts punching like the announcer table. You know what I mean? Like I think I'd be much more into it. You know, but like, since it doesn't have that, I could kind of care less. See, there Medieval that, Times captures that, you know, but in a medieval time. There is that Niners game where um, our friend Cisco felt really torn because it was his two favorite teams and his two favorite coaches. But it was like the Harbaugh brothers, Niners versus the Rave, uh, Ravens. And um, what's the Ravens? Um, yeah, it was the Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. Niners versus the Ravens. It was brother versus brother. That's a WWE, like... <laughs> set up right there you know i i i honestly think you could have done some backstage thing he comes out on a microphone talking shit like you know what they say about san francisco right (laughs) who's got it better than you baltimore (laughs) fuck you yeah bring out bring out you know sourdough slim and what's that little bitch that's with him Baguette? Well, you want to know what baguette sure sounds like in San Francisco? <laughs> Audience just shouts it out. That's fucking right. They just like, <laughs> they bring out like a big old like baguette. Like bend over. I was thought that's the Don't worst. Like you don't want it. It feels like one of those ones. Like whoever thought that up was a fucking moron. Because if you're in San Francisco, you cannot name one of your mascots baguette. You cannot name you any other state or could pretty much do that. If it was Kentucky, you could probably name him Baguette. You know what I mean? Whatever. But in San Francisco, it is all you are just setting people up for a joke. I don't even know if that guy's still there anymore. He's, I don't believe he is. I haven't seen him. I mean, I don't really watch football that much. I haven't seen him around. Well, even like sourdough <laughs> seen Sam. Seen him around. He's in the back corner doing fucking like heroin on the side. He's like, I used to be somebody. He's right there like doing heroin and like in like fucking like turk you know yeah no um you just see him and you see him in line getting like going to the fucking homeless shelter <laughs> just this guy in the suit cover like all over the suit he's just covered like in blood and cum hey baguette get over there and do the worm <laughs> oh, i don't really want to you better go over there and do it you want you want this knapsack full of goodies go do the fucking worm like i told you to <laughs> 
Don't act like you don't. Charity organization. Yeah, but guess who's in charge? I am. (laughs) I don't know why that reminds me of like. There's that movie Time Bandits and um, Terry Gilliam movie, and there's there's one scene in it with Robin Hood where uh, John Cleese plays Robin Hood. And uh, this part, I think, was, like, one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in a movie where, like, pe- like all the poor people are standing in line and Robin Hood's giving out the treasure, you know, to, like, all the poor people there. And there's just this one thug-looking guy standing right there. And the second, like, someone hands, like, the treasure, he punches them right in the face. Next person comes out, they get their treasure, he punches them in the face. Robin Hood <laughs> looks over and goes, is that really necessary? And the guy, like, mumbles to the other guy, he says it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that might be like that's the guy like handing out the the goodie bag to baguette. <laughs> baguette aside, even like sourdough Sam, I, I I don't know why. I know San Francisco's famous for sourdough, but sourdough Sam, I, I don't know why. I immediately just think yeast infection when I hear that. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I know he's not likely to get that, you know, but at the same time. <laughs> I have no – it just sounds – it's an off-putting name. Yosemite Sam makes sense to me. Sourdough Sam, though, I'm just – I don't know. Like, There's they're Sourdough Slim. Sourdough Slim, yeah. yeah sourdough he, he's, slim. A, he's a yodeler. How's that going for him? He's actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Good. good for Sourdough he's, Slim. <laughs> he's like old, old school cowboy, like, music. Like, are we talking, like, Oklahoma? Like, you know, oh, my sweet honey. Not that, like, my grandpa got mowed, got ran over by a cow today, you know? No, so. like, 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 literally, like, straight up 1800 style. Mm-hmm. And then he yodels, like, he also just came from Germany. But that's also where, like, a lot of, um, technically, a lot of cowboys come from anyways. Yeah, that's a good point. But, um, but yeah. You know, it's weird, though, going back to the fantasy stuff, though. The Renaissance Fair, it's like... For the longest time, whether it be the Renaissance Fair or Celtic Fair or something like that, I've been kind of wanting just to go back to one just for whatever sakes, get some English food that you can't get anywhere else and things like that. But those, have you seen, like, dude, all the ones I always see nowadays, they're like 35 and 40 bucks. So, like, once again, two people to go is like 80 bucks. And it's literally, you're going in, and let's be honest, it's literally just a medieval flea market at the end of the day. That's what it is. You pay 80 bucks to get in the door, like a Comic-Con. And then you're expected to spend just money after money after money. It's not like there's, I mean, maybe you get some jousting for free or something like that. But the rest of it there, you're looking at it like, hmm, chain mail. Do I need this? Maybe. I don't know. Hope someone tries to stab me. <laughs> you know. Does this come in mithril? So that's not real. <laughs> one day it will but, be. <laughs> yeah, one day it will be. Once those dwarves dig deep enough down to the earth. <laughs> we had, um, closest thing I've been to a renaissance fair was, um... A uh, it was the only time I've ever been. It was around. Well, I mean, it only happened around Christmas time. But like uh, the Dickens Fair, there's one in um, the Charles Dickens Fair. Yeah, yeah, where they all make it look like a Christmas story. They they take they get like a like a event center and they rent it out and they make it all look like you know all 1800s, early 1900s. Put fake snow. And if you go around certain corners, they're acting out scenes from Charles Dickens books and all that. And we was walking around like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's just like, all right, cool. Let's get some beer. Let's we, we didn't drive here. We took an Uber. So let's get some beer. Let's get some uh, fried chicken and see what's up, you know, and it was cool. I don't really feel the need to go again, but, you know, it was cool. 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, not necessarily. I said Renaissance Fair. I didn't really necessarily. So I brought it up, but I'm like, that's where yeah. the story ends. I got nowhere yeah. else to go with it. I, I meant more uh, Celtic knights, medieval type fair type stuff. That that was more what I meant, like that kind, like those ones, like that. Just because I wouldn't mind just going just to, to look for look. Because I probably haven't been to one in over ten years, probably since the days of being able to go and buy swords and so on like that. Though I didn't buy a sword, but I could always dream of buying a sword. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if now they're a lot more strict on that. If they're just afraid, like you I know, just, well, I could also see just I'm not not looking to get political or anything, but I could also see just like a bunch of like, you know, let's not bullshit. There are kids. I'm sure there's some plenty of cool kids that like to go to Renaissance fairs, but there's also probably a lot of incels and like at last you know, <laughs> they shall feel my wrath. Yeah, there is always that. Well, it's like what well, was one sword there or whatever. Like I think back in the day too. Once again, you, you didn't have social media or any of that kind of stuff. So there's nobody. There's, there's there's never that chance of like, oh, that kid's fucking filming me right now, selling. You know, like, oh, I. You know, there's not gonna be one of those like liberal kids who thinks he's doing due justice to like put like you know the working class man trying to sell swords. Be like, yo, yo, let me explain to you how this works. If Ryan doesn't c- come back with fifty bucks to buy a sword right now, that's fifty bucks I don't get. I I don't work this like all the time. These things don't appear all day long. You know, this, this is how I make my living. You know, someone's like, well, you sold, like, you sold a sword to a 16-year-old boy. Like, you know what I mean? Just like how, like, they ruined that for, like, selling video games to minors. Because back in the day, it used to be a mom-pop shop. that would sell a, vi- or a mature red game to a 10-year-old because, whatever, he's got 20 bucks in his hand. That's all he needs. It's like the idea. You don't get it. This 16-year-old giving me 40 bucks? <laughs> this is what ma- this is what handles the, uh, the motorhome payments, okay? You don't get yeah. it. <laughs> he's my bread and butter. <laughs> Who do you think buying these swords? 16-year-olds and occasionally the single guy in his 30s. All right? Let's be 100% real here. Yeah, it's one of those ones, like, you know, it's that kind of thing that, like, I I, I need the kids to make this happen. But, but yeah, I bet you nowadays that people, like, it's just – some guy probably got sued. Some Somebody got thrown on the bus and went to Sacramento, and they're like, kids running around with swords and – you know, doing all kinds of God knows what satanic rituals, you know, and like one of those things. Well, I could also see, and I know it's not the same thing, but people are going to try and make any link. And they're like, you know, guys, I know it's not our traditional bread and butter, but we got to sell what we got. We got Renaissance fairs aren't as cool as they used to. Were they ever cool? Shut the fuck up, Gary. We, we, we <laughs> they're not as cool as they used to. So that means, you know what? Here's Thor's hammer. Here's here's a Kingdom Hearts Keyblade. Just go, yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. What else are we gonna do by this point? Yeah, sure. Make make this look like make this look like fucking and make this knight helmet look like Ant Man. I don't know. Go out there, figure it out. <laughs> That's like the same thing that happened to like uh, like sports collectible shops like in like the nineties when like you, there was those ones like no, we're not selling Pokemon, we're not selling Magic together, we're not selling Yu Gi Oh, none of this bullshit this is a man shop you know what i mean this is where you know what you're gonna be cool in here you're, you're probably gonna get laid while you're in here with what like another man no no no. i mean like that i mean like you're just gonna be that cool that you could be there might be a lady walking by like no there's not let's be honest you guys are just as dirty as anybody else in here oh my god is that a first is that a rookie card of barry sosa i just gotta get that cock in my mouth yeah, exactly. But then my favorite part is watching those stores break down, and then they had to put the Pokemon in there because they realized that's where the real money was at. Back when I was in middle school, there is this place called, because um, 
people don't know now, now you can go to like fucking Safeway and there's like toys and cards right at checkout. But like, um, there's a time when Pokemon first came out, it was hard to find anything Pokemon because I think yeah. a lot of toy manufacturers, like it's just some shit from Japan. People are going to forget about it in 10 or like two years, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a year. So here's enough to get by. Then this thing fucking explodes because it was hard to find anything Pokemon for like a long time. And then, um, I remember my brother had some baseball cards he was looking to sell and I happened to be with him and he went to this um, card shop and like, oh, I'll just wait in the car. And I see the door open and I see a giant stuffed Pikachu in there <laughs> at a time when that was like impossible. Find it. <gasps> what the fuck? And you just go in there and you know that thing, it doesn't happen to me as much anymore, but when you're a kid, it would happen. There's a moment where you're out in the wild, you're not expecting to see something and you get that hit of adrenaline and just mm-hmm. like, you know, you get kind of like shaky hands. You're kind of looking around you, like you can't believe everything you see. It's like this shit. It's fresh. It, it, it's yeah. it's not it's uncut. It's not stepped on. It's it's in Japanese. This is the re- this is the real thing, you know. And then like it's just like, uh, yeah, a Pikachu toy this big from Japan, twelve dollars. What a price, you know. <laughs> well, that's all the allowance I had for the last three months, but I think I can afford it. Oh, we'll take it. Come on, bring it right here. You know, just like a Charmander toy, like this big, like $3. Like, it's Japanese. It's the real thing. What can I, you know? Yeah, exactly. it It was just this big thing. Like, I remember just going there, just being so amped up. My dad's like, you saw, like, I, I, I was so amped up because I got these, I got like a Pikachu. Like, you sure, right? You don't, you, there, there's a 65 uh, Corvette model over there. You sh- sure you don't want that, Ryan? Be pretty cool. Like, oh, no, yeah, well, maybe I could put the Charmander. No, don't say put the Charmander in it. The Charmander and the Challenger. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, uh, but no, it was like, I went in there, like, he's like, you spent $30 on these three things right here. I'm like, you don't get it, Dad. That's Poliwhirl. That's Pikachu. And that's Charmander. And look what happens when you pull Pikachu's tail. He's like, ears wiggle. <laughs> you get it, right? There's probably like a flashback all of a sudden. But like your dad is like a wee young lad going into like the toy store and buying something. And then his, you know, dad sitting there kind of looking at him. Be like, you, you, you don't get it, Dad. It, it's a. It's a, it's a little Model T that has a, a horn sound in it. You spent fucking 16 cents on that? God damn it, boy. That is bread for a fucking week. And his dad had a flashback like, look, I got, I, I spent, I spent my whole, my whole, my whole like year's allowance on a catcher's mitt. A catcher's mitt? A man catches it with his own bare hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like one of those ones. Like I feel like no matter what time it is, none of that has ever changed. It's sort of like whenever I, I love thinking about like in the 1800s, how um, when novels started coming out because they just started printing them like a lot and so on like that, that people fucking flipped out when their kids were reading. Be like, fucking Billy's over there reading all damn goddamn fucking day, Martha. How the fuck is he ever going to learn to be a farmer if he keeps reading fucking stories about history and medieval shit? <laughs> he's not going to be a cowboy. He's a fucking farmer. How's he going to learn how to plow the fields? Oh, he wants to be a writer. A writer. Yeah. <laughs> a writer? Tell me one person who ever made money off being a writer. Well, I don't know. That whole spinner rack that he buys those books from, they obviously are making money. <laughs> that Mark that Mark Twain fella? Oh, 
Oh, don't even Mark tell me about Mark Twain. Twain. He went too soft on him. Soft on him. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like one of those ones. So it's, it's just always kind of funny to think that like at some point in time, like that's the thing is just like there's always that period where it's like it's like the devil's work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, we're already I'm trying to go into everything forward, like just prepared for that. There, there are things where it happens and there's that part of me, my brain where I'm just like, mm. and then I'm like, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. It's it's not for you. That's not a problem. It's just not for you. Don't be the fucking old man. Don't don't be don't be Grandpa Simpson. Like man yells at cloud. You know. Don't don't be that. Just kind of like just like it's not for you. It's okay. It's okay. Just in you know it, times change. Things change. People change. You know. So that's you just got to move with the times. Yeah. I, I I remember there is that. I I, I realized I was like. Let's roll the dice because I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of in a comic mood lately and us reading that um, playing Shredder's Revenge and um, and uh, last reading Ronin. La- last Ronin I was kind of in a Ninja Turtles mood and they had the movie which is supposed to be the the end of the I guess the newest show I guess the newest show ended a year or two ago but um, and it was one of those shows I never really watched it but I mm-hmm. saw the designs like they look a little weird but I mean. I'm sure it's decent. It was on Netflix. I watched it. I'm like, not every aspect of this is for me, but I see why people like it. And there's some really cool things in it and some cool action and some cool moments. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, let the kids have their fun. Why, why try and shit on their parade? I mean, there's some things I'm never going to like, I'm never going to understand, but I'm choosing not to be the old man and complain about it. I'm sure it's going to slip out from time to time though. No, I, I think that's important because I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of parents kind of mess up on is they I think they forget they forgot what it's like to be a child. Maybe that's what happens when they become a parent is like they lose the childness inside them, you know. But like for me myself, like whenever I think about kids, I just go like I picture like like if I see someone's kid, I picture like, OK, what was it like when you were 10 years old or whatever or eight years old and whatnot like that? And I feel like I, you can sometimes just understand it more. Like when you think back to like, okay, well, I know it's, I can still remember what it's like to be a kid. I think, I think that's the difference. A lot of people forget that stuff. I haven't forgot that. So, you know, it's a different mindset when you're a child. And I think that's something that like, you just got to kind of put yourself in there and never like put down that kind of stuff. Like they're going to be into weird shit. They're going to want to do dumb things and so on like that, because that's just what you do as a kid. You're going to spend a long time seeming like you're doing absolutely nothing, but you're really actually doing something, you know, in a weird way. I feel like there's this point in my 20s because there's a period where um, my nephew is actually living at um, our house in in, in Sonora. And I feel like I was a little kind of like if I have to be 100 percent honest, I was a little probably short with him more than I needed to be at times. But not like abusive, like, well, fuck are you? Not like abusive uncle or nothing, you know, not not like some Harry Potter (laughs) shit. Shirt off, beer, throwing him at him, like, change the fucking channel. Not like like some Harry Potter You're shit. You're right next to you. I don't care. Get up there and press the physical button. Be like fucking Mike Myers' grandpa, like in like some married ex murder. Like head <laughs> no. He's like, Look at the size of his head. So fucking huge. Head change it. He just calls the kid head. God, his cranium has his own gravitational pull. Just look at it. But it, it's like um, it's like um. Like, it wasn't, like, some Harry Potter shit, like, straight under the stairs, you know? It was, like, 
you know, just anything. You're just like, you're in your early 20s. You're trying to figure shit out yourself. And then there's a kid who want to always constantly want to play your Xbox. You're just like, come walk in and just... <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, it's like, and you know, it, but at the same time, I think there's this thing that happens when you're like, you know, maybe late 20s, early 30s, where it kind of kicks back around, where you kind of get a little bit more of like, uh, you know, they're just kids. They're just kids. I don't even, I'm not even a dad yet, but I'm able to recognize certain things. Like, there's things where, like, kids do that irritate and annoy me, and I just choose not to speak on it. We're like, God, dude, just fucking go away. Go in the other room. You know, and now I'm just like, okay, he's being kid. Just let him have his fun. Just let him have his fun over there, though. You know, if they, if they start messing shit, that's where I'm going to step in. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's one, well, those ones, like, you get those rowdy kids and so on. That, 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 that's a different story right there. If you get one of those good ones that just wants to learn shit and be cool and retro, which I don't know, next it's impossible a, to find those children anymore. Well, you never can. You, you you have to kind of trick a kid into learning shit if that makes any sense because you don't. You I, can't just say, "Hey, Billy, you want to learn something today?" Like, fuck you. I, I feel the only like logical way to train a kid is you got to train them like Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins, where you put them on like an island where they're like away from everything else, so you can like perfectly dial in the learning experience. <laughs> You know I, think what I, weird, mean? I think it's a weird request. Like, hey, I can teach your kid. I need to be alone on the <laughs> island with him. Uh, sorry, uh, no parents allowed. It's the Arnold way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what would we do if his fat, you know, twin brother? Ah, eh, just throw him on the, like the fucking street. He'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, what about that triplet brother who's black? Well, we don't know. We never. We, we still haven't got to that movie yet. Yeah, I've been talking about that for ten years now. I, I know longer than that, almost even. It feels like I feel like now it's to the point where it's like they're going to be like they're going to have to wheel all three of them in on like a wheelchair to like get that movie done. Now, wonder if that what what was twins? Was that Warner Brothers by chance? You know, I don't think so. It sounds like a Sony thing. Just right now, I'm just going to say it. it sounds like a Sony thing, but it may have if it's Warner Brothers. No way it's happening. Not with everything they've cut. They cut Batgirl after it's finished and it has Michael Keaton in it. No mm. way they're doing triplets. I, I feel like that. That's a ploy, though. I, I still feel like that's a ploy. I think that that's they're doing it for like the press, and then something's going to happen. There's no way someone spent a hundred million dollars and not doing so. I think there there there's there's some weird planning in the woodworks. I feel like people awesome. people now are getting that really weird like experimentation with like social media. Like fuck it, let's let's see what happens. Let's you know what I mean. Maybe it could be some. It's like the be. Scott Snyder thing when when you heard that there was actually inside people in there that were making it a bigger deal than it really was for the Scott Snyder cut of like Justice League. Well, so I feel yeah. like Warner Brothers is trying to do some. They, they, there's probably some like team of really like weird hipsters that like sit in like a dark corner and like Warner Brothers. They're like, let's let us try the marketing on this one. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. It's in our hands. Like one of those ones. They're like, well. uh if you're sure that this strange tactic is going to work, we know it will work. Go back, go back to your golf courses. It'll be fine. You know, like one of those things. Like it's just like okay, uh, we'll leave it in the like hands. Of, <laughs> and the bearded man with the weird glasses on and sort of semi seventies. Yet I'm not too sure how he's really dressed. Okay, <laughs> is he on a hoverboard? I thought those went away. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> but like, um, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's too early to really say. Yeah. Um, I, I think it. they said the reason why it's never, air quotes, never going to see the light of day because the tax write-off. But eventually I think someone's going to leak it, air quotes, and then I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm kind of like, 
I mean, I don't know why you bring a, a Batgirl movie to Dis to um, Disney Plus, HBO Max when it could go to theaters. It could very easily go to theaters. Yeah, especially. I also Michael don't Pena. know why. I also don't know why you would just snap. Then again, we I, we don't know what what things they inherited once they got once they took over Warner Brothers. So who knows? And yeah. plus, it also makes me wonder all the other things that are going to come and go out of that. Like, I really hope they don't cancel Harley Quinn. So, yeah, you you never know what they're going to do. It's always kind of a bizarre one there. There's a funny, uh, there's a funny um, meme of it. Just shows like a a clip. It shows like a scene from Jordan Peele where you see mm-hmm. um, you see Jordan Peele like uh, just like sweating, just like, and it just says like every. Every DC creative, when they see a call from Warner Brothers, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> just like, well, it's, just, it's the downfall of like when a companies get too big and it's like they're not split up enough. It's that kind of thing that there's there's something to be said when everything's more split up. I think anarchy, I don't know. just straight up and yeah, well, well not not necessarily anarchy. Not anarchy but, I, too too much it, too much control makes it, it circles back to chaos. It seems. To me, so yeah, it, it feels it's like when there's more. I guess when it gets down to it, when you got more mom and pop places and everything's kind of a small business. It's like when you read like any book about like a company or something getting you know going somewhere. It literally has that thing where like it sounds like it starts off, seems great, seems amazing, everything's going good. Oh, and everybody's making money now. People love the product, something like that. And then there's that point where like, ah, the band splits up, the group goes away, things aren't ever really the same ever since then, and that's kind of about it you know like that happens so many times or there might be a comeback in it like like brand new people get a hold of it then maybe there is a comeback but the original team never comes back together it's they're, they're gone like and it's like one of those ones i feel like that happens and it's like i just feel like that's what happens if you get too big too fast all that kind of stuff or too big in general i don't feel like even too big you could go too big too slow and i just think sometimes it's better off to be sort of in a smaller pocket i don't want to spread like the demise of this team or this group but it also is one of those things like Amber for a long time. I, I haven't watched their stuff in a while just because, you know, just life gets in the way. You don't <laughs> keep up with everything and, you know, just you get busy. But I used to listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast and I watched Red versus Blue all the time back in high school. And then one day I came on Netflix and I started getting caught up on it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm glad Rooster Teeth is still fucking killing it and being independent. And just a few days ago, I looked them up, just like, what's Rooster Teeth been up to? I'm like, whoa, what? And, like, they're just, I mean, who knows? It could just be people cherry-picking stats or whatever, but apparently viewership is declining, views, I mean, you know, like, light, like all that stuff that makes them monetizable is declining. And this person, this person, like, left due to creative differences. This person left because got divorced this person left because child grooming incident you know i shouldn't say incident fucking jo- child grooming it's not a fucking like, like what they cut cut an ear off or something it happened child acc- grooming incident. <laughs> no like, like just you know dude was just a child groomer and got fucking people came out and spoke against them and just like jesus christ you know and it, it wasn't uh, one it wasn't th- one of the this main day and age that's why you just don't touch children for a profession yeah, <laughs> or in general, just as a, just as a good like ba- like just a good good baseline. And it, you know what? Clarify, All those kids, they're gonna grow their fucking hair out until they're eighteen years old. Then they can get a haircut if they want. 
It's good. Plus, child grooming sounds weird because grooming, I think of like dogs. So it just sounds like, okay, little Billy's getting too hairy. Could you just shave him down a bit? Like, I don't want him looking like fucking Bigfoot when he walks to school. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it does feel weird when like, cause I work at a, I work at a dog place. So when I, when I ask, when someone pulls in and I ask them, are you here for the kennel or grooming? You know, it does feel weird asking that now in this context. Grooming, you like stroking the beard. Yeah. yeah. Heavy yeah, eye contact. Looking out that dog, like, I'm going to groom the shit out of that little bitch. <laughs> groom you. Get, you hear me, Snuffles? I'm, I'm going to dual fist these fucking razors over you. <laughs> no, I'm not, the, I'm not the groomer, just to clarify. <laughs> but no. Um... I'm the fluffer. I, I got to jerk the dog off before it no. gets groomed. We immediately, <laughs> I was trying. You have no idea how much I was like. Let's see if I can guide this without it immediately going to someone jerking off or fucking a dog. I had a feeling as soon as I as soon as I brought this up, it would lead there. Like, let's just see. No, we're here. We're here. We're already at the fucking dog joke. Where do you work at? Oh, I work at Red Rockets Dead Dog Care. It's just a picture. It's a fucking picture of like a dog shin with his with a big fat boner giving thumbs up. <laughs> Guy rubbing his belly, <laughs> giving thumbs up too. <laughs> How is that dog giving thumbs up? He has paws. Ah, oh, he's he's creative. It's a cartoon yeah. dog. Shut the fuck up. Is that what you're really looking at? Is how the dog giving a thumbs up? You don't see the fucking dick up there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you draw circumcised too for some reason? <laughs> I love how the, the fucking the penis is just fucking huge and veiny as well, too. I've never seen that on a fucking dog. <laughs> He's drew fucking human dick on it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't remember how this leads from Warner Brothers, but uh, I don't know how got there small either. businesses. Walt oh, Warner I just Brothers. thought Rooster Teeth is basically declining. Oh, Rooster Teeth. Was, you know, as I was going to say, to clarify <laughs> the guy... The guy with the allegations, it wasn't one of the original five or six guys. I mean, still sucks it happens, still sucks that's tied to him. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also one of those things like, God, it's it's sad because you see like you see these guys who started off as this, you know, just a couple of friends after work trying to make funny Halo videos mm-hmm. and posting them online and it growing into something bigger than anything that any of them ever expected. And the second, like not the second, but I mean over the last few years, just kind of spread themselves too thin. They started to decline, and some people are just rooting and cheering for the demise. Like, I think it's kind of sad. You see how much work all these guys put into it. And granted, they all probably have enough life and work experience to do whatever they want in yeah. entertainment. But at the same time, it's just kind of sad to, like, wow, everything ends. Yeah, exactly. Probably Ruby's the only thing holding them on. Ruby's not even doing as good as it used to because apparently the guy who originally created Ruby died. Mm-hmm. And this oh. is all this is all hearsay, but apparently, I only watched Ruby for like the first two seasons. But mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like I was more watching it because I wanted the. It's like ah, oh, I, I like anime, and yeah, I kind of like I, I, I wasn't in love with it, but I was curious about it. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. mm, not for me, but then I was kind of like, you know, it's kind of pulling me back in. It was kind of this back and forth with that show. But, um, it's, it's got really cool looking characters. That's the thing I'll give Ruby. I think the characters are awesome, but it, it has just like that kind of like it's literally like anime version of Harry Potter. Really, at the end of the day. Let's, let's be honest. It's a ripoff of like Harry Potter of anime kind of. But then it also has that weird I, the animation. I always felt like was kind of because it has like the CG the anime. Yeah, that's the only thing is I think the characters are cool. 
the way that they look in blaze blue that that's probably all the ruby i need i think that that's really cool but the rest of it i just couldn't get into yeah i think the character design is pretty cool but at the same time i mean to be fair not to split hairs i feel like the harry potter thing that's in a lot of animes that's always like we're at a ninja academy oh no look the bad well, guy's yeah. attacking the school but i, I get what you mean though just but i think it's an american because it's like it's an american one and you know i don't yeah. know harry potter's english but let's be honest we all speak english around here but um you know, it's, 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 I feel like it's that one that, that's way easier to go to. Where I guess you could kind of say in Japan, well, Japan, everything's very school-oriented in the first place. So in a sense, Harry Potter, you could say, almost rips more things off Japan that way. But, you know. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Um, but it's just one of those things, like, apparently the, the guy, Monty Ohm, died mm-hmm. and um, due to, like, a medication allergy or something to that oh, effect. That sucks. And then he's, I mean, he's, he's been dead for, like, I think by this point, like, four or five years and I, I don't know if this is true, so I'm not spreading that. I'm just saying this is what I heard. I heard in this one video that was breaking things down that somebody wrote, like, a pissed-off letter about working conditions at Rooster Teeth. And he says, by the way, I was a friend of Monty Ohm, and he, like, he planned this, he planned that, and Rooster Teeth decided to go in their own direction, and the show now fucking sucks, you know? So it might be a guy who's just bitter and angry, and maybe it's half true, half not, who mm-hmm. knows? But it's just one of those things where... I don't know. I just, um, I feel bad for, I, I just, I'm, I feel sad for, I don't know. I watch so much Rooster Teeth stuff and just yeah. you know, this thing to always strive for and always to reach for, you know, when, when we first started Old Man Orange to bring it back to the beginning of the show, I yeah. kind of one, I hope that Old Man Orange could kind of branch off and not be Rooster Teeth, be its own thing, but something kind of like we'd have a show, we'd have a podcast, this and that, whatever. Yeah. But then like you see where they, where they're at now. I'm just like, oh man, I just can't help but feel kind of bad for him, you know? Yeah, exactly. and I think that's the thing. It's just like you don't want to – I feel like you don't want to grow bigger than the small team. I feel everything sort of is better when it's in, like, the small team. It's like when you see video game companies. When there's only, like, four to six guys making a game, it feels like everything's great. The second you start adding in, like, 25-plus people in there, so I'm like that's when the, the, the issues, I feel like, start to kind of happen. You start getting 100-plus people and even more than that, and no matter what, somebody's going to be angry. There's going to be that loss of connection. There's going to be hierarchy. It's all kinds of like chaos starts to ensue from there. Now, granted, there's some projects that you have to have a crap ton of people. There's no other way you're going to be able to do it. But I think to have a true longevity and like you got to keep like everybody kind of like on the same page and kind of keep classic, you know, creators together and so on like that. I feel like that makes such a big difference and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's also just. I don't know. It's just interesting because I remember there was a time, and this is going to sound, this is going to be old man speech speak for mm-hmm. a lot of people, but there is this time where you'd look at someone on the internet or you look at a YouTube channel or something like that, and you'd like, you know, I'm going to use an example here, like um, game like a uh, Ego Raptor. You know, you mm-hmm. look at him, this the scrappy, the scrappy animator who put stuff out whenever he could, and yeah. then he started worked game at Blockbuster. Games worked at Blockbuster and all that and, you know, did Game Grumps and then Game Grumps took off in way he did not expect. And now it's huge. Now I don't really know. I don't keep up with all the analytics of how the channel's doing or this or that. But he, he even he says, um, cause I watch Game Grumps from time to time, and he says, like, he's a, at least aware of it. He's like, this isn't going to last forever. This is people age out. Things mm-hmm. change. You can't rely on YouTube as a re- reliable source of income. They change with the fucking wind. This yeah. is all gonna. Game Grump says, "I want it to last as long as I can, but it's not gonna last forever. This thing's gonna come crumbling down one day, you know." And then just to hear, like, I guess the, when you hear someone say it, it kind of like helps 
prepare you for it. Where Rooster, Rooster, it's like it felt like we're on top of the world. You check it out one day, like oh shit, what the fuck happened? Yeah, well, it's just like anything. It's like it's like being a band or something like that. You know, they can only go for so long. But then there's almost sometimes that resurgence period. Once it's been like twenty five plus years, then it almost seems kind of cool again. You know. Mm -hmm. And they kind of come back, and when people thought they disappeared, but hey, guess what? They've actually been here the whole time. But um, you know, only the hardcore fans really stuck around, and so on like that. You know, but but yeah, interesting thing. It, mostly, it comes from especially when I read just a lot of those. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, kind of like bios and autobios of like, it, it could be anything. It could be it could be a band. It could be a you know, you know um, a movie. It could be a video game. It can be you know any of that kind of stuff. The business, all that kind of stuff. But like when you see that, that's mostly I, I know there's, there's always that common theme is that once it gets too big, it kind of like something gets lost. Especially well, if like the, the members split up, that's always like the worst. Well, it's also we're, it's weird we're at this point where it's YouTube and just online create whether it be YouTube or whatever else creator spaces have been here long enough to we could talk about. Hey, does anyone remember this guy? Remember that guy? Look what they've gone on to create. Look what they've done now. You know, or look at they they fuck they fucked off and disappeared or, or whatever, or they murdered a whole family. You know, <laughs> any number yeah. of fucking things. So it's it's just kind of crazy to me that we're at that point where i mean it's time it's what time does mm -hmm. but i guess it feels weird because i remember you know you fucking old man but like i remember being on youtube like what's this youtube people speak of and like oh look you, you could you could upload a video as long as it's under 10 minutes and the resolution's not too high well know? the 10 minute thing came that came later on though that wasn't when youtube first started out oh was i remember i remember uh, that, that was when google was bought just, it Okay. Okay. Because remember, like when YouTube first came out, like and it was like 2006 and seven and whatnot or whatever it was. Okay, I just remember yeah. being like, "Holy!" Because you'd go onto YouTube and the first thing was like, "You can just type in anything from back in the day that was on TV or something like that, and it's here." That was like the first thing. And I remember just sitting in class and I was watching like the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers concert at like Woodstock '99. It was like nine hours fucking going on. And then like I remember one of the teachers like, "Hey, is that is, is that Red Hot Chili Peppers?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's Fleet and he's naked." <laughs> It's so fucking crazy you bring that up. I don't want to do an abrupt switch, but it's so fucking crazy you bring up both the Chili Peppers and Woodstock. Because I saw the Chili Peppers last week, mm -hmm. and then I just last night and this morning, Ava and I watched this Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix, and it was very interesting. And there's at some point, like, at some point, I'm just because you know for those who don't know, Woodstock '99 was a shit show. And essentially, yeah. at the end of the day, they wanted, like, somebody's like, you know what? We have the Woodstock brand. We want to make it all, like, about, about hippies and love. What if they be for this generation? So instead of, you know, Jefferson Airplane and Jimi Hendrix and the birds, we got Limp Biscuit <laughs> and Corn and Kid Rock. And don't, there are some fantastic. I'm not putting Corn. Like, Corn's wise. better than those two. Corn's better than the two I just mentioned. Well, I like but, Limp Biscuit more. I like Corn by far, but. Really? Um, yeah, way. I like. I'm not the biggest corn fan. I'm not. I, I don't I'm not think a fan of them, but I, yeah, I just, they're they're one of those things. I get why people like them, but they're yeah, not that, that's how I sort of. It's like Tool. I, I get why people like them, but they're just not my favorite. Really, I, I I can you know I can enjoy them, but not like that. The thing is about Limbit or oh, Limbiscuit ninety nine. <laughs> Limbiscuit ninety nine. No, I mean Woodstock ninety nine. If you watch it as like a video, like there's some great like concert performances. It's just if you were there, it sucked. Because, you know, it's like they just somebody just literally they did that thing where like they just super cheapened out on everything. Like they, they put way less restrooms than there was needed. There was not enough water. There was not enough, you know, all the amenities that you need was just definitely not there. 
Well, it was also so they didn't have enough security. They didn't have enough water. All those things. They did it like an old airfield. So they're on like a fucking runway off cement a lot of the times. Yeah. And then it also had people. Um, you couldn't bring bottled water into it. Like, okay, it's one. Th- it's fucked up to not let people bring in food, especially if you're staying at a multiple day event. Especially, you say Woodstock over yeah. it. But then to say you can't bring in water and you can't bring in food, and the only water you can get was water you have to buy, and it was like. $4 for water, which now stadium prices, $4 water, like that $4 for a bottle of water, like what a fucking bargain. But yeah. then in, in 99, well, in 99, that, that would be like 12 bucks today. And, and then like, um, you see, like at some point they were, they like, well, people are out of water. We just got to get them some water. They started giving, just like setting up water fountains and stuff, but it was contaminated with like, that the, the porta potties were overfilling and got knocked over and seeped into the area that eventually leads to where the water goes. So people are essentially drinking shit. And also, yeah. they just thought there was a big mud pit and they're like fighting and doing mosh pits and fucking around in the mud. Like, that's shit, dude. The and shit it's, at some point, it's kind of, it's like, it's some well meaning old grandma hippie. She's like, you know what? I was at Woodstock when I was 24, and it was just such a fantastic... She had that total substitute teacher energy. Like, it was such a fantastic time, and it really helped It really helped me become who I am. So, And it was really disheartening just to see all these kids just leaving their trash lying around. So I'm like, well, I got to do something about this. So what I did, I got in my golf cart. I had a couple of trash bags, and I just started driving around, handing trash bags out to kids, saying, hey, you got to do your part. You got to pick up. You got to pick up, you know. And then, like, you know, so just imagine, like, some lady just, like, you pay 150 bucks to go here. They take your food and your water. Like, hey, you got to pick up your own trash. Like, fuck you, bitch. And then you have a bunch of fucking 19-year-olds. You're telling them to pick up trash? Yeah, fucking right. Who are just listening Attitude to Attitude fucking- era generation. <laughs> Who are just like waiting on fucking like Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and like you know like they 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 start with like I'm kind of like initially I was like why the fuck do they open with James Brown everyone else should follow James Brown <laughs> James Brown James Brown knew it was up he's like I get the fuck out of here yeah James Brown <laughs> I'm like made sense James like Willie Nelson and James Brown I get why they opened on those days they were there because like. I'm playing. I'm getting the fuck out of here. You know, I'm gonna go smoke weed in my go smoke weed in my RV on the way out because I'm just yeah. like no one op- like Willie shouldn't open for anybody. James Brown shouldn't open for anybody. Then I'm thinking about it like they wanted to get the fuck out of there. They knew it was yeah. <laughs> they they knew it was up already. But it just then like at some point you see these like teenagers like trying to tip this fucking thing like it was some like piece of like this wooden structure all painted all this hippy dippy shit and they're trying to push it up like hey kids you can't get on the golf cart like you can't do that you can't do that <laughs> like total yard duty energy <laughs> yeah it's like one of those ones just like once that's a perfect example she forgot what it was like to be a kid i think so you, you she gotta remember have to kids, kids 50 bucks to get in but kids are maniacs i think that's the thing too you, you, i think that's one of those ones yeah, and then, like, it was just one of those things. Like, watching this, there was, like, so I, we, we already knew about it because we saw another documentary on it, like, a, like two years earlier. But it was just like, let's get a refresher. Memory lane, good old Woodstock, you know? But yeah. it was like, but then, like, even, like, there's, like, both documentaries, there is this guy who put it on. He's like, 
I think is a success. You know who I blame? I blame Fred Durst, and I blame <laughs> you can't handle for if a couple of assholes come in. You can't you can't screen them all. You, you don't know who you're going to sell tickets to. Like you 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 were selling more Coca Cola than water intentionally. I can't control that. No. <laughs> He's got Coca Cola shirt on the whole time saying this. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones. <laughs> it's like 99 is just kind of hilarious for that. But it is that thing. It's just like that's what people do. It's like they get cheap and they just want to like. I feel like that's going to be the cause. Of, it just sounds so weird, but like that's going to be the cause of the, the this next recession happening is because all these uh, people from the Bay Area and so on, just first people in general, they're, they're buying up all kinds of properties all over the place because their buddy told them that, hey, you should rent out an Airbnb. It's a great way to make fucking money. Well, these people have no idea what they're doing, so they're taking out loans. They're buying these places. They put the most shittiest fucking furniture, all this stuff in there. They get houses that are practically falling apart, but they're going to try to rent it out to like, you know, 25 people and so on like that, like. That right there, I know, is going to be the big thing that's going to cause this next recession. It's literally what they're doing. They're doing Woodstock 99 where they're cheapening out on these properties. Woodstock 99 with real estate. With real estate. And they're, it's going to get so screwed up. It's, it already is getting screwed up, but it's going to get, like, major screwed up. If there's something, I'm sure there's decent people that work at them. But if there is an industry I have zero sympathy for, it is uh, real estate and renting companies just because. Yeah, and I, I Airbnb, worked, fuck Airbnb, like all I, that kind of stuff. I worked at a – before I go into my thing, it sounds like you had a recent thing with Airbnb. Did you just – Oh, I never st- – I, I don't stay at them um, other than the time oh. that we went there for your party thing because I don't know. I've, I feel, I, I'm fine for a good old-fashioned hotel just the way okay. that God intended Gotcha. Well, <laughs> um, no, I just know a lot of people that well, I just see it from like doing like photography and so on like that. Plus, you know, I have a couple people I know that they clean places like that. So they just see like the just the crap going down. And when you talk to real estate agents and so on like that, and just the things that they do there. It's just one of those ones like, it, 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 yeah, you get you get the most cheapest fucks known to mankind. They're probably actually they probably have money, but they're the kind of people that like they got so much money, but like you know, if they go to a restaurant, they're gonna tip like a dollar for like a seventy dollar meal. They're those kind of fucks, and then drive off in like their fucking Bentley. Well, there was a uh, back when I lived in San Francisco, my la- my last job I had in the Bay Area was working at a locksmith company, and um, even though it was probably my most well paying job, it was probably my most hated job because just dealing with the type of people the, the job itself was you know it's not just kind of like oh i'm locked out of my house since someone over here it's like you had contracts with property management companies and accounts and real estate companies so um you'd always have um there'd always be jobs lined up because somebody was always moving out somebody was always coming in so it was always booked and you always had some of the most I mean you know out of all the people you dealt with like 50 percent of them fucking sucked and there's so much entitlement within that industry. And so when COVID happened and a lot of people started leaving the city, they're like, you know, they came in suddenly and, you know, there's the people. I I locked myself out because I was so scared. Not not that. No, I'm talking like property management companies and real estate companies, like, like property managers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like when those people came in and, you know, there, there were some cool ones. There were some nice ones. But a lot of them sucked. So when they come mm-hmm. in, like, oh, man, it's really rough right now. The pandemic, it's really it's really killing our business. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean it's killing your business? Oh, nobody just wants to live in San Francisco anymore. Everything's closed. So everyone's moving out because no one wants to pay 
uh, $2,000 a month for, you know, a broom closet to sleep in, you know? So it's like, it's like, oh, I'm so fucking sorry. No, you mean yeah. to tell me the city that's already ridiculously fucking overpriced, nobody wants to pay fucking more when everything is closed down, what yeah. fucking, and they could work from home as is? Why the fuck, you know? So it's just like, oh, I mean, because, it, it, you know, like rent went down or some, some, prices went down a little bit in san francisco during the reset during the um during covid but not like a lot just yeah. like maybe like what was like you know a two thousand dollars per month suddenly became one well, like became like one a thousand seven hundred a month you know so yeah. it's something ridiculous like that and just like oh yeah oh boy it's really tough right now we're really having to cut my our losses he says he's like carrying a set of keys over his fucking tesla you know so like, yeah oh, well that's okay. the thing is i had those people like oh i can't even afford to pay my you know like to have my family eat tonight like go sell all your fucking expensive shit you know what <laughs> i'm gonna go tell this fucking hobo to come over here and murder you and tell him that he can now live in a three hundred thousand dollar like fucking life <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know so, so that rich person sympathy i have none for like you know when, when rich people start bitching about like when like they can't do stuff and something like that i just always gonna be like Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, don't you ever complain about your problems. You know what I mean? Because you literally have no problems. I know you think you do, but you don't. I can't do blow out of a hooker's asshole for breakfast anymore. It's just, it's really, it's really throwing off my chi, my my chi, my karma, you know? Namaste. Uh, No, no, no. I had some fuck who's who's always super, like, stressed out, always demanding, but, you know, because you have to call these people to like, you know, to give them like, a, like, hey, man, did, did you want it this day or did you want that day? Whatever mm-hmm. exchange his voice. He's one of those guys who's always stressed out, always freaking out and always very demanding. But when you called him, he says, like, you've reached you've reached uh, Jason, whatever. Da, da, da. Namaste. I'm like, go fuck yourself with that namaste bullshit. I know who no. you really are, you piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Like the only people who can say that is somebody who's kind of like living a monk lifestyle and out there like, you know what I mean? Like one with nature and so on. If you're not that you don't have to be Indian, I think, to be able to say that. But you have to like literally like change your life for that. You can't be a fucking rich douchebag and think that that's OK. Yeah. You know, but yeah. but yeah, whatever. Beyond all that good stuff, you know what I think we should jump into just a little bit just because because it was an yeah. awesome it was that bullet train movie with brad pitt this was that film that i remember just kind of popped out of nowhere just a couple months ago like as a trailer it's just like oh i'm sold on this i don't you know what i mean i don't need to know more i mean one i'm already you have a movie with trains i've said it before something about trains and movies and stories in general like i just love it was like when snowpiercer came out i love snow and i love trains they put those two in a movie it was amazing didn't disappoint this movie's got brad pitt and trains brad pitt's just as good as snow like <laughs> i was so sold you just didn't as good it. as snow <laughs> if not maybe better well i have a question are you become one of those dads like you'll just be driving by like a train yard or some railroad tracks and you know you're like oh kids look to your left it's a it's an m it's an mt like pfizer did you see that oh look at that look, look at the smokestack on that wow that's amazing you your kids know what that you could become one of those guys <laughs> I was playing Roller Coaster Tycoon like a couple of months ago. <laughs> Went from the 1800s all the way up to 2000. It was great. My train empire was amazing. The thing is, I don't know really. I don't know any of those fine details about trains or something like that. I just love trains as a set piece. Trains are amazing. It's like when in video games, like when there's a train level, I'm so excited. 
I don't need it. It's like one of those things. It's like Goldeneye. Love the fucking train level. Mission Impossible. I love the train stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's a simple setup just because you're in one place. It's very narrow. You know what to expect. But and it's moving it, fast. You're, it's moving fast. So even though I just think it's a good it's a good setup for an action movie or even a mystery or what this movie's both. Mm-hmm. And I think here's the thing about this movie. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But I thought I was going to see something else when I first saw it because the way I saw it and, and, and the movie, the trailer didn't exactly lie, but mm-hmm. it chose to focus on Brad Pitt. I thought I was seeing like a weird action comedy where Brad Pitt has to go through this train and deal with assassin after assassin or weird situation where almost like no more hero style. Yeah. Like something kind of like that. And then you see the movie and it's not that it's, it's not that that's not um, part of the movie. That is the part of the movie to an extent, but it becomes like, Oh, this isn't a Tarantino knockoff. This is kind of a knockoff of a Tarantino knockoff or Guy Ritchie knockoff. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, it's very intentionally because people always like to say, someone's ripping off Tarantino, but I feel like Tarantino knockoffs kind of evolved into their own thing and kind of developed this particular style, which we'll go into in a second. But so I was expecting a different movie when I first saw it. So I'm like, Oh, we're doing this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and so there's some things where they just bombarding you with information and flack flashbacks and this like wink at the camera like aren't we so witty but then i was like i get it i get it all right come on but then once the movie got rolling like around like 20 minutes into it i was like i'm feeling this i'm feeling this i'm liking it and like okay uh, all right uh," and then like the movie just got better as it went along i felt that kind of same way too because when it first started off i kind of had like that because sometimes when you get to those kind of like the sense the Tarantino knockoffs, and by this point you could almost say it's a Tarantino's like a subgenre type thing, because literally Guy Ritchie movies are kind of like it. The Guy Ritchie movies are almost kind of their own things by now too, but the, he's literally like kind of like the first big like Tarantino like subgenre person. And this movie kind of had a lot of that kind of Guy Ritchiness to it. Well, and I was like, sometimes when I see that, it's kind of that thing where people like, okay, like at the end of the day. Not everybody's like a Tarantino and so on. And at first I was kind of afraid that some of that early dialogue, especially with the two British characters, you know, I mean, we got kick-ass there too, which I didn't realize that was kick-ass to like way later on. I was like, shit, he, he's man-ass now. So. <laughs> he's man-ass. <laughs> I didn't realize that was him. I know. Yeah. I, I did. Laura pointed it out and I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, that's kick-ass? Like, I, he's, I didn't... he's all grown up. He's a man. I'm so proud of him. I didn't even realize he was kick-ass's Quicksilver. I didn't realize that was him. So it was just like the first time I saw that movie. So, I'll say Aaron Taylor Johnson really blends in, but I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, but like what was I saying? Like when they first kind of start off, it has that very like, okay, it's really trying to be a guy rich. It's really trying to get that snatch thing kind of going and so on. But then it kind of worked. That was kind of like how it was. It kind of worked. I was afraid. of. Uh, there was a momentary where I was like, is it going to be one of these ones where I'm just going to kind of sit there being like, okay, you guys are trying too hard at this script. And then it was like, okay, no, no, no. It works out. It's going. And then Brad Pitt starts to show up in there. And Brad Pitt just, you know, charming as all fuck can be. He, he's doing great. And I think. From that point on, it kind of all works out and, you know, goes from there. I feel like Brad Pitt, and I'm going to say this is going to sound like a weird thing for a straight dude to say, but I feel like Brad Pitt has that hot, in this movie, has that hot divorced dad energy. You know, he's late to the game, but he's going to make it up to everybody there. He's buying the kids pizza and ice cream after, but to all the single moms, he's also doing something for them too. 
Exactly. Well, that's like kind of like Brad Pitt actually plays a kind of a little bit more different character. I mean, Brad Pitt plays a lot of different characters, but this one he definitely plays something I felt like I didn't really see. Where it's like, okay, yeah, he is still your badass action guy, but he's kind of a goofball in a weird way too. And he means wearing the, the fisherman hat. As I said, he does kind of look like that fifty-year-old guy. He got divorced ten years ago and just never really found anybody else. He just felt like he didn't want to get hurt again or something like that. Well, he also Angelina was just kept putting more kids in the house, and you know he just wasn't doing that anymore. I'm gonna say something, and then um, it only occurred to me like after seeing the movie. I have no idea. It's just a shot in the dark, and I'm glad they got Brad Pitt. But one of who I think this move, this role was probably originally written for. Who? Ryan Reynolds. Well, Ryan Reynolds is in the movie. He is is a is a is a cameo, but I feel like this was a role originally written for him because it's by the guy, one of the guys who directed Deadpool two, or yeah, well, no, the guy yeah. who did direct Deadpool Deadpool two. <clears throat> Well, that's and, the thing is, the, the, yeah, the guy who directs this, I kind of like, because I, I didn't recognize that name, and then I looked up, I'm like, John shit, Wick. I've yeah, I've seen all, yeah, well, he's like the... One of the John Wick guys. Yeah, one of the John Wick directors, but he's also the guy who did Atomic Blonde, he did Deadpool 2, he did Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, he was a producer on, like, Nobody, and he's also, like, it, and, like, beyond that, like, that's just the movies he sort of directed and so on like that, I'm like, dude, that's like, he hasn't had a flop at all, those are all, like, close to perfect movies, and then I kind of look through his stuff, it's like, dude, he's done all this stunt work and so on like that, he's in all kinds of stuff, he's second unit director on, like, fucking huge movies, like, The Wolverine, Ninja Turtles, Captain America, Jurassic World, he's, he plays fucking Terry Bogard in that King of Fighters movie, the live action one. Oh, really? Okay. Really? So he's also an actor as well, too. It's just like one of those ones. He's like, a stuntman. He's actually, I overheard something a little bit ago. He's a stuntman gone director. Yeah, so he's stuntman, actor, director, producer. He's, he's just like a kind of guy who does all sorts of stuff. He's in basketball. Oh, he's, oh really? He does stunts in basketball, apparently. Oh, okay. I, I, that's like when I saw that, I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, this guy really did a lot. I'm like, I guess it kind of makes sense. That's probably like a perfect person to kind of go directing. But I mean, yeah, when you look at that list, it's like a short list of movies he directed, but you're like, dude. Like, well, and then, like, the movies he did, like, uh, second unit directing, which just means he directed all the action scenes. It's like, dude, this guy's fucking killing it. Hobbs and I'll say this Fast and Furious, <laughs> no pun intended, is something I'm always in the passenger seat for Fast and Furious. It's never my idea to go see a Fast and the Furious movie. I'm surrounded by people who want to see them. Yeah. And then I end up in the theater and I'm like, hey, it was fun. It was cool. Whatever. It sure was fast. A little bit yeah. furious too. Fitting for the name. Um, I was on a plane to the Netherlands one time, and Hobbs and Shaw was on there. I'm like, I got two and a half hours to kill out of these eleven hours, so sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this movie's stupid as fuck, but it is entertaining. And I like, liked a lot. It, it, it's just dumb as fuck. But at the same time, it was it was just. I mean, I don't mean dumb as fuck like in a like um like retarded. Like, it's it's so stupid. It's good. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the idea of just, like, how, oh, like, we got, you got fucking The Rock, like, we're gonna, we're gonna fight, like, the fucking Flintstones, you know? <laughs> like, 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 that kind of shit, you know, and, like, fucking Idris, like, I, just the idea, they started off stealing DVD players, now Idris <laughs> Elba is Superman. So, yeah. But at the same time, it was a fun, entertaining movie, so knowing this guy directed it, I'm like, it makes sense why I liked that movie. I, I get why I liked that movie because this guy did it and this guy has that right balance. And this movie, it is kind of like, to clarify the difference here, um, there is this thing about, um, I feel like it's almost more of a Guy Ritchie movie knockoff than is a tarantino knockoff. i think so. i definitely think so too i don't you know but i just feel guy Ritchie's like the extension of tarantino i always feel like it kind of goes from tarantino to guy Ritchie, 
to everything else. But Guy Ritchie's almost – at the end of the day, I'd almost even say Guy Ritchie and Tarantino, even though I know Guy Ritchie comes a little bit later, they almost – you could kind of put them kind of together because, like, I feel that's sort of the, the knockoff comes from those two. It, to clarify, I don't even like using the word knockoff. I just can't. Yeah, I don't like to say knockoff. I like, I like to say it's subgenre. That, that, that's a nice term. Well, well, I guess here's the thing. So, and just to clarify what I mean by this, because this is a very particular type of, it's very intentional with it, a very particular type of like nod to certain movies. So there's like heightened fan, there's that heightened, I guess I can't think of another, there's no real name for this particular genre, heightened reality crime films. Mm-hmm. or fantasy crime films to a certain extent where it's like you know they take they try to take the wittiness and cleverness of a robert of a, of a tarantino movie and then try to put in the action of a robert rodriguez movie and yeah. maybe it's not non-stop action the whole way through but there's more action than there would be usually in a tarantino movie unless you're watching Django or kill bill yeah and um and I feel like there's a certain type of dialogue that picked up on that. Cause even like, I really like Guy Ritchie gangster movies, but there's mm-hmm. some that are better than others. And there's even some characters because yes. there's like, I, I like this movie, but rock and roll. There's like some characters in that, that feel kind of like he was trying to find a weird niche or a weird thing with this character. What's the character's thing. Oh, he never likes to leave his car. And he's just so in love with his car. And if you want to talk to him, you got to go in his car and talk to him. Cause it's just so comfortable in there. Why would we want to leave his car? You know? And I kind of got some of those kind of vibes with like the, like Thomas, the train engine talk and all that. Let me tell you about Thomas, the train engine mate. You know, I'm like, and for a minute I was like, yeah, it's students. like, okay. But then the Thomas, the train engine talk eventually warmed up to me. And that character became one of my favorite characters in the movie. He didn't beat Brad Pitt, but he was, he was pretty close. That's the same way I felt, too, because that, that was the scene that I was kind of getting that, like, I don't know. And then, as I said, I warmed up to him, like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I like the Thomas the Tank Vintage. At first, I thought it was getting kind of stupid, like, but then it's, it's, it totally works as it goes on. And I felt like, okay, this is kind of cool and whatnot like that. And I just want to say, also going back, because you know what I'm saying, like, who you're thinking Brad Pitt was it meant for us. Because the interesting thing about this is that, oh, I saw this one was in the credits. It's like, oh, it's based off a Japanese book. And at first, I was thinking more of a manga, not just because, like, that was just, like, it felt like this was, like, a, a manga of some type. You know what it's I mean? So it's kind of anime. Like, well, it's like, yeah, it's an overtop action flick and so on like that. So then it's like that. And then you go, oh, it's a novel? Like, well, this seems kind of, I, I just, I feel like when I see a movie like this, I go, this is based off a book? And like, that seems kind of odd. But I, I was kind of wondering, like, it'd be interesting to read it How and ask what it's about. Is. Well, and then I saw that there's two books taken. There's a book that it's like a precursor to it and so on. But the weird thing it sounds like in the book is that um, a lot of the characters are all kind of the same. But the, the Brad Pitt one, I think he's actually Japanese in the book. And then the weird thing, too, is the Brad Pitt character is not the main character in the book. The main character in the book is the, actually the Japanese guy looking for his, the person who pushed, pushed uh, his kid off the roof. That's the main character, apparently, in the book. That sounds the Brad about Pitt right. character is more like a, a, another side character. Huh. Well, it's just that star power coming in. Um, it's just one of those things that, like, I, I do. I am curious with those books now. And I it is it does do a good thing of, like, making you, because it's also one of those movies where it presents so many things at once. Mm-hmm. You kind of like you're like that snake is going to come back in some way. Somebody is going to be in that mascot suit. I don't know who, but somebody in that mascot suit is doing some shit, you know. And then by the time they reveal it, so many things are brought up to you that you, you're like, oh, I, f- I forgot about the mascot suit. I forgot about the snake just yeah. up, up until now, you know. And um, it's something that like go, going back just on, I guess the. I know we keep going back to this, but the Tarantino isms and not in mm. the t- 
Tarantino knockoffs. The, the subgenre. The subgenre. Um, I think there's this thing about like because something Tarantino does is he adds a lot of unnecessary dialogue in his movies, but they they really flesh out the characters and populate the world. And he might say, you're a fucking idiot. You don't get it. You know, I'm like, all right, maybe I don't, but there's like certain things like there, there's like little bits of dialogue. Like in one of my favorite movies, Jackie Brown, where the dialogue doesn't push the story forward. It doesn't really do a whole mm-hmm. lot other than just make the characters seem more real. And since it's so well-written and the actors are so good, you go with it, you know? Yeah. It's like there's so many small little things throughout Jackie Brown and Pulp Fiction, but I think Jackie Brown's a better example, where um, Robert De Niro and Samuel Jackson just have small little things they talk about that don't have any real bearing on the plot. It just makes them seem more real. Yeah. And then other people try that, and they come more cartoonish, and it's harder to latch onto. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. The beginning, I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work, but then it, it did. And it, it also does the thing where they bring a character in, you think it's going to be a big deal, and they bait and switch him, and the character is just fucking dead out of nowhere. Yeah, which I think that's kind of cool. I like to do it. It's kind of sort of like the mascot thing and so on like that. You know, I guess spoilers there, but like, yeah, she kind of comes out, the Easy lady mates. plays Domino, and she's only there for like an action scene, and that's it. It's just kind of like, oh, whoa, that's actually kind of interesting. Well, I like the whole part where, like, because there's the guy um, who is the um, cartel assassin, and he comes in. You see his whole bad bunny. He has his whole, like, he has his whole, like, you know, like, eight-minute scene, a montage, showing his whole life. And you see his whole story. And you understand from childhood, having his whole revenge plot. And then he has his fight with Brad Pitt. And then he dies. And And the concept of that, like... The whole time, because we just saw everything he went through, but we also know what Brad Pitt's going through. So Brad's just like, I'll kill you. It's my time for my adventure. I don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I just, I love the kind of the constant Brad Pitt's character too, how he's just the guy and they call him like Ladybug or whatever, because he's just the the unlucky guy who gets kind of put into, you know, weird situations. And it's like a Japanese term for like, I feel like in America, like I've never heard that before. People like, like think that Ladybugs are unlucky or something like that. But like. You know, and like that's the thing is that like he does, he always gets in these unlucky situations, but he always gets out of them still. And I just like the like that fight scene he has with like Bad Bunny is that like it kind of goes and then like almost it has that thing where like you know he he's he's just trying to defend himself and like literally in the process like Bad Bunny ends up killing himself. And same thing happens with the um the Hornet, the ZZ Bates character. She like like she tries to stab him, and then like she's trying to go, she gets she gets stabbed with like the the venom and she's going to grab the toxin that he actually fucks up and the toxin, the, 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 the anti-serum goes into him instead. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you by chance happen? She's like bleeding from the eyes and <laughs> coughing. It's like, no, do you, I mean, I could try to, he's trying to be all Zen. Like the idea that he's an ex hitman who only does smashing grabs now. And he's trying to change. He's in the middle of changing his career. And yeah. he's trying to just be like, when he's surrounded by all these violent people and someone's like, Hey man, just so you know, people who are quick to anger aren't quick to resolution. Okay. <laughs> so it's that kind of shit. Or if you point at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. you know? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like how he's just trying to be the guy trying to have the positive outlook and change his ways and so on like that. Like I, I, I like, I is like I said, the, the movie starts off I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but it's a little, 
it's trying i've seen enough of these by now a lot mm-hmm. a lot of the more strict dvd too but then like as it went on like it did it did pick up and it was it went on i, I think i appreciate the movie just got more fucking crazy because it started off as like okay one of these like you know or like late 90s early 2000s like you know ensemble crime heightened reality movies and then as it went on it just got more fucking crazy it's it basically turns into a manga or an anime by the end of it i'm not just saying that because it's japanese i mean you got people walking around in masks looking all stylish trying to be all cool i don't know what else to fucking compare it to yeah, that, that's why I felt like it felt weird that it was like when I felt like when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's based off a novel. Like I was like, that's, it's so weird because it seems such like a comic book. It does not seem like this should be a novel. But that's also made me kind of more interested to see. See, it makes me wonder if the novel's almost actually more toned down. Yeah, I could see that, too, possibly. Like they said, it's Japanese. Make it more manga like maybe. Yeah, because it's kind of one of those things there, you know. Well, it's even but, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, you, you go ahead with what you're going to say. Well, when they're talking about the White Death, you know, and it's one of those movies that tries to, like, have these big reveals of who is this character. It's, oh, it's them. Oh, it's that. So it is kind of like a cameo fest to an extent. Yeah. And um, when it's revealed to be Michael Shannon is the White Death and he is going on, he's revealing how everything's interconnected and all that. He's given his bad guy speech and now he's so angry and this, you know. I enjoy those kind of chewing the scenery like monologues, but I understand if other people find it cheesy, but I think the perfect counterbalance to that is while he is going off and saying all this fucked up shit, Brad Pitt stand there. Like if you're mad, I have some great anger management like reads that could help with this. You know, he's like, every time he says something, Brad Pitt has a quick little, like, you know, it's about the just, knowing what to repress and what to release you know just like all these kind of like all these like just things this therapist tells him and it sounds like that could be stupid but brad pitt's performance and the direction of the movie really makes it work yeah when i think the thing too is because you have it's this movie is just filled with the brim of like those like really really good actors you know what i mean and then it goes to show that kick-ass fucking has become this like almost like a super actor because he's like fucking dialed in like in this film like the max so much so i didn't recognize it was kick-ass that, that's how impressive it is well that that whole like living and tangerine like the two of them together when they first came on like here we go with these guy richie knockoffs but as it went on i was like i was really liking them a lot and yeah. when sad things happened with them i was truly sad for them and it did reach that point where there are characters in this where i was like i really hope these characters don't die i really want these characters to make it out you know and then there's like the whole part with um with uh like it's some of the small things and it's not the only movie to do this but i just whenever they have those scenes in movies where like two people are speaking different languages they don't put up subtitles but they know what the other is saying and it's not a big deal like Mm -hmm. when when there's the girl that comes by with like the uh the concession stand and brad pitt's talking to her in english she's talking back in japanese they just understand each other no no big deal he's just like do you have anything sparkling it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a thing like oh uh don't worry about you thank you so much uh, do you want anything oh you know that she she like i don't know just the i don't like how he makes the he makes the other guy pay and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> like like some of the small things like that and like i didn't even notice that i didn't even tell that was aaron taylor johnson so yeah I, I, I didn't know either it's like one of those ones blended in 
I'll say, even though I enjoyed her character, I'm glad the way she died. Um, there is the young girl who ended up being the uh, the daughter of the White Death, and her whole bit, her whole thing, how like cutthroat and malicious she was. I, I liked her character, but I was really happy to see her die the way she did. Exactly. Well, that's like how it felt too. Really good character. It's weird because they make her out. They, they make her feel like she's like sixteen, but you're like looking at her and she's like that looks like an actress who's like the same age as me almost. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was kind of one of those ones like it felt kind of weird. But it felt like I guess it's like you're gonna be able to find a sixteen year old that can act that good. Chances, chances are slim. Yeah, yeah, probably. But like, I, but but her 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 part was really good. She made for like in a sense like one of the, the main villains. She did a really good job of that, just being really conniving and everything like that. Then you just got the Japanese guy, who pretty much is almost more the main character of like why everything's sort of going down. Yeah, I, I think that's the guy. Um, he's he, he's a Snake Eyes from the he's Snake new, Eyes. I think he's yeah, also yeah. he's also in that HBO show Warrior, which is which is meant to be what Bruce Lee's pitch for Kung Fu was essentially. Oh, okay. But, but um, the, yeah, he's, he, he's another super actor too, though, because like he's all the stuff he's in, he's really good. Well, it plays with your expectations in a way where you think this character's dead, but then the character comes back to life, or you, you're they're just like you know, because I was like, oh, you killed that character, oh, you killed that character, fuck, you know, well, this movie's not gonna be as fun as I thought it was. Oh, that character's still alive, cool, you know. Or then they got the guy, I forget the actor's name, but he his his father, um. And the fact that he's like, he's like, I'm going to tell you a story. Like, I, I really don't want to hear a story. I'm going to tell you. So it just keeps on going. <laughs> on. It's a short story. I'm not even into that. I'm going to tell it to you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Here we go. You know, like his, like his whole fight scene with the white death was fucking awesome. Like, and even the whole thing with the train crashing, like, and the thing to save Brad Pitt is like landing into the big stuff, like fluffy, like, like mascot suit. Yeah, exactly. But I, I went with it because it was just that cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing is there's so much in here that's awesome. And just it, like there is just there's twists and turns galore. And like a lot of times even stuff that like there's so many of them that makes you throw, you know, throws you off on certain stuff and so on like that as it just kind of progresses on. But um, yeah, like everything about this movie, I, I, this movie just I felt like just delivered. It was one of those ones where it's just like I saw that trailer first time. I'm like, I could tell this is going to be like top 10 movies of the year. I, I, I was going to be really disappointed if it's not. But at the same time, I can't remember the last time Brad Pitt's had a movie that, you know, I wasn't into. It was a movie I saw the trailer for. I'm like, that looks awesome. I'd like to see it. I saw it. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I, I, I'm not sure if I am going to like this as much as I hoped. And my my I my uh i liked it more as it went on mm-hmm. but over the last few days think about the movie i'm like i like this more i like this movie more and it's it's probably it's more than likely gonna make my top 10 i mean the last the last later half of this month this uh, year is really got to wow me for this to get knocked off but um yeah it was a really fun movie and um yeah yeah i definitely think so it's one of those ones if you like guy Ritchie. You like Tarantino. You like Robert Rodriguez. And you, were, you even like Kevin Smith. I mean, it's got kind of all those sort of elements in there. What it really reminded me of? A, a, uh-huh. a perfect example of a movie that still has its own identity, but still kind of falls into this um, this subgenre. Uh, Smoke and Aces. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does have actually a feel like that, too. You know? And then you, do, you just wrap that up in a manga feel, and that's, I think, or a samurai movie or any of that, anything just kind of Japanese, like, and you kind of get that all going together. Someone else who who's not we don't, we don't even see him on screen till the very end, but um, um, miscongeniality. Oh, um, Sandra Bullock. 
She fuck. It's her voice the whole time, but she she fucking killed it in the two. Well, that's also like even Channing Tatum's in it too, which is kind of funny because uh, he just want to have. See, he just wants to suck some dick. That's all Channing Tatum wants to do. He just wants to suck some dick. Come on. I, I kind of like because you know like as, as the movie goes on, the train actually has a bunch of people in there, and then it starts fading out, and then the only people that are left is the, our main characters and so on. I really expected at some point Channing Tatum's character just be like somehow stuck on the bus or on the train. Yeah, and and he, he doesn't peer back again, but I really thought he was going to. But the interesting thing is because all th- you know, Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and Brad Pitt—they're all—they were all in the um, oh, what was that movie called? Oh, that came the through? Lost Lost City. The Lost City. Which was another super good movie, and um, it, had, it was that. just yeah, it's it really good. If you get a chance, watch. It. I mean, if you like *Romancing the Stone*, it's kind of like that, just like modern take, but like it's still. I, I was super impressed with it, um, but yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's like it's almost now they're all kind of in this like, hey, you'll be in my movie, we'll be in your movie, go from there. Awesome. Well, it must be those things like those actors they they like working together, like Kevin Hart and The Rock or whatever, or any number yeah. of people. But yeah, no, just, um, oh. yeah. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I, I, had to say, I was like, anyway. Yeah, anyway, but um, but yeah, no, 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 this movie I thought was awesome. Definitely go check it out. I look forward to checking out those books if I ever get a chance to kind of, you know, read them. I know, I know the second one's in English, of course. Who knows about that first one? When I clicked on it on Wikipedia, it just went to a blank page. So <laughs> that's Audible. mostly a that's mostly a sign that uh, well, it's probably not an if it's, if it's not a book. The book's out there. It's definitely not an audible. Oh, that's in um, Wikipedia, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if, if they don't have the book translated in English, I'm pretty sure there's no, nobody reading it. That's a good point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Other than that, though, I thought that thing was awesome. So check that out. All kinds of fun stuff there. Beyond all those good times, go to oldmanorange.com where you'll find more pod. Oh yeah, let me put that there. <laughs> more podcasts. <laughs> so you can see my little my little cheat sheet of factoids and stuff, just so I can check on who everyone is. But more podcasts. Comp books like Pizza Boys, you know, all the old animations and all the good stuff we've done for many of years as the old man. But uh, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rain Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks.